We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Grab the perfect get-up-and-go breakfast for you and your crew. Right now, two soft and fluffy fully loaded sausage burritos are just three bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Our special guest today is Chuck Knobloch. Chuck, what's going on? Not much, man. How you doing, Paul? Good. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. I know. I know. We've been trying to plan this for a while, so. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to get it on. Uh, yeah, actually, let's just go uh, back in time to 2000. I think 2011 when I first started PG Sports. Uh, you were the first actual pro athlete to wear PG Sports, and uh, growing up you were one of my favorite players so like i don't remember i i think i reached out to you maybe via twitter if i recall yeah it was twitter yeah yeah so what like what what made you respond like to me because that was like at the very beginning i wasn't like anything yet i know i don't know i just did (laughs) i guess i had a good vibe about you yeah yeah that was dope so uh yeah let's just go into your career like what was your first memory of playing baseball Oh man, um, probably little league. Um, just overall, I knew I was good because I was like one of the best guys playing mm-hmm. uh, in the league in our little league. Um, man, I don't know. I just I just was having a good time out there and and I was excelling at it. So uh, it drove me to want more. Yeah, yeah. Then going into like high school and all that, like what. Like, one, when did you know, like, you were able to – like, when did you know you, you thought you could go pro? And, like, then what was your recruiting process like? Um, well, I mean, it seemed like every every team I was on, I was the best guy on the team growing up. Mm-hmm. And I started realizing, man, I can play this game, you know. And when I got to high school, I guess that's when it got real serious, you know, thinking about college or getting drafted by the pros or whatever. Um, but – yeah, I mean, I was just one of the best guys on the field all the time. And, you know, and like I said, I was having fun. I was doing well. I was having fun. And um, high school, it was looking good. Like before, like the fall of my senior year, I went to Philly's um, pro day or whatever, you know, whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah. And, man, I ran like a six four six sixty, which is flying. And I was looking good to get drafted, and they were on me uh, even into the spring. And then we it was the third game of my senior year, I broke my leg, sliding mm-hmm. into second. It was a weird play. I struck out, and it was a wild pitch. And I, there was a guy on second on our team, and I was going to go to second to get the throw to me so he could score. And I didn't realize the catcher threw to the pitcher, and the pitcher turned around and threw it, and it was high. And as soon as I was getting there, the guy jumped at second base and like my, my shin hit his knee and that acted like a hatchet on my on my uh, tibia, on my left shin. And uh, man, that's the worst pain I ever felt in my life, man. It was like all the blood in my body rushed to that area. It was like hard to the rock. Damn. And I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know, I'd never done anything like that. So 
uh, basically I missed my senior year of playing and um, I had verbally committed to UT, University of Texas. And then I didn't really like the coach, how he was presenting himself. Like, oh, man, you, you ought to be honored the University of Texas is recruiting you. I was like, man, I was in the in a group uh, before I broke my leg. We were up in February. March 3rd, I broke my leg. Uh, we were up in February, and it was cool and everything. I thought it was cool being recruited by them. And um, it just dawned on me after I broke my leg, really, I didn't want to go there. You know, I went to, I ended up going to Texas A&M. Um, and that whole summer and fall, I didn't do anything. I didn't, wasn't released to uh, start working out fully until January. So I had to, like, make the team, make, you know, get do well, like, because everybody had the whole fall of my yeah. freshman year in college to to do their thing and, and, like, size people up. And I wasn't able to compete at all. So – and the, the junior shortstop that was there before me, he came back for a senior year. He didn't sign. So I ended up playing center field my freshman year in college, uh, which was a blast. And I got 255 at-bats or whatever uh, my freshman year, which led to my, you know, going back to shortstop my sophomore and junior year before I signed. Yeah. So, yeah, going back to high school, you did you did get drafted – out of high school uh yeah. was there after i mean obviously you were recovering so were you just like i'm not signing like you weren't signing regardless well it's interesting because it came down to my first day at a and my dad was like just go to school you know they were trying to get me to come up there because once you go to a, a class a college class then you're yeah. ineligible to sign yeah so i went up there and my dad didn't even tell me the final offer they made me but they like back then you know I ended up signing in after my junior year for 120, but they offered me 75 going yeah. uh, 75,000 uh, before college started. And my dad didn't tell me that. He told him no <laughs> on his own. And uh, so I was kind of bummed about that, but it all worked out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, just for reference for people that are listening, that was in like the 80s. So it was, it was worth a lot more money than it is now. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. I don't know what it would wait to today's money, yeah. but yeah, 75 grand, nothing, nothing now to these guys, but yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, then going into Texas A&M, um, just like, you know, after, after your junior year, um, like what were, what were the projections on you for like the MLB to get drafted? Um, well, Every year that passed, you know, was better and better. Yeah. Um, so I knew I was looking good my junior year, um, after my junior year. And, man, I got picked in the first round, 25th pick by the Twins. And they weren't even on me. I didn't talk to them at all. So it was kind of out of the blue. But um, it was awesome. Yeah. What, what, what was that feeling just, like, to be a first-round draft pick? Uh, it was awesome. You know, I couldn't believe it. You know, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, like, being 25th, like, what, what were your projections? Like, because I wasn't – I wasn't – I wasn't even born yet. So, what, like, were there projections? <laughs> <laughs> like, like were you were you happy with that, the 25th overall pick? Did you think you were going to go uh, sooner? I didn't know, man. I was happy to be in the first round. Yeah. I think it was 25th out of 28 then. I think yeah. there were 28 teams. Yeah. It was before the expansion of, of the Del Marais and Arizona. Gotcha. <clears throat> um, so I was 25th to 28th, but first round is the first round. I thought it was cool. 
Yeah. Um, yeah sure. But <clears throat> so I ended up signing like in June after, you know, a few weeks after the draft um, and ended up going to Kenosha, Wisconsin. I was playing shortstop still. And then <clears throat> after that, after that summer of playing, I went to what's called instructional league in September and October. You know, the, the minor league season is usually over at the end of August. Mm-hmm. And the instructional league started in September. I went down there and worked out at shortstop the whole time. And then the, the major league season ended. And the the big league coaches came down. And all of a sudden, they started working me at second base. And I was like, man, what's the deal with that? You know, I was kind of bummed about it. Um because I'd worked so hard at shortstop leading up to that, leading up to them coming like in late October. And, you know, it took me that off season to realize, okay, they're doing it for a reason. You know, they, you know, they want me to get to the big leagues fast, I guess, by playing second. So in 90, I went to big league camp, but there was a lockout <clears throat> and the major league baseball, I mean, the big league guys were locked out of spring training that, that spring. So I was in Fort Myers at uh, minor league camp until big league camp started. And I went up there and man, the first day I got there, we were playing in Houston. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to sit on the bench and check this out. So he puts the lineup up. I'm in the lineup at second base. I never played a game at second base. So I was freaking out a little bit. Man, I was like, man, what? they're throwing me right into the fire. And I remember the first ball that they hit, it was uh, Ken Caminetti was on first, and man, he he, the Gagney I think was playing short. He gave me a feed, and I went to throw to first. And I like seeing this big old guy coming at me. I'm like, holy shit, you know, wow! And I fucking threw it away, you know, threw it down the le- uh, right field line. Um, so that was an eye opener for me at second base and a big league slide. You know, that was when you could actually play baseball back then, where they can't play now. They're a bunch of pussies now. You can't even take out a second guy at second base, you know? Um, but yeah, so, and I continued to play until the season started, you know, I got sent down to double A, which I knew I wasn't going to make the team in that spring. I didn't think anyway. And then I went and played, uh, second base in Orlando, um, Orlando Rays, we were called in double A Southern league. And, Man, that was my true minor league experience because we we drove like fifteen thousand miles that summer and spring and summer, um, traveling to different places. Orlando was the furthest team away from everybody. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I heard stories about minor leagues. I know it's uh, you were only there for a short time though. You were only there for two seasons. You never you never even went to AAA. You just went straight to the majors, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Um, I went yeah. to spring. I went to spring training in '91 and and went off. You know, yeah. I, I had a great spring. Yeah, and made the team. Yeah, so then, like going into that '91 season, uh, I know you won Rookie of the Year, but like, what were your expectations for yourself? Oh, I didn't know. Man, I was playing just day to day. I didn't. I didn't have any goals or anything like that. I mean, you you start this year, you want to hit 300 or 350, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, it just kind of unfolded in front of me. Yeah, and then just what like take me through that whole season, like winning the rookie of the year and you won the World Series. Your like your first year at like playing in the pros. That's like incredible. That's crazy. Yeah, um, Derek Jeter did the same thing his rookie year. They won the World Series in '96. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we had in common leading up to me going to the Yankees. But 
yeah, with the twins, um, man, it was awesome. You know, we it was a great season for me. I think at two eighty one, and uh, my one home run came that year off Mike Messina, August thirty first, nineteen ninety one. Uh, just before the season ended. I mean, we had a month left in September, but at least I hit one my rookie year. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun, man. It was awesome. You know, winning the World Series, being rookie of the year was amazing. Couldn't have done anything better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's. Uh, I mean, yeah. You literally can't. Yeah, like you said, you can't do anything better. Yeah. Then take me through. Uh, just like you know, what was your overall experience like? Just playing for the Twins. It was a great place to play. I mean, the city was nice, um, nice and clean. The people were all right. You know, a little weird. <laughs> when they saw you out, it was like, oh my god! You know, uh, it was funny. My rookie year, I could go anywhere I wanted to before the playoffs started. And then once, because back then the, the games weren't really on all the time like they are now. Mm-hmm. You know, locally they would be a little bit, but um, once we started playing the playoffs, it was on CBS, and man, it blew up from there. I couldn't really go anywhere after that uh, without people recognizing me or whatever. So that was cool at first. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, through the nineties to 96, it was, it was a lot of fun. The Metrodome, you know, it was basically, I looked at it like, you know, you're going to play every day, no matter what, no matter what the weather was outside, you're going to play every day. And I love playing in a Metrodome. The turf was fast and it just suited my game, you know, base hits and the gaps and stuff like that hit doubles and triples, um, and played well defensively also. Yeah, so you won. You won pretty much uh, everything. You got a Gold Glove, a Silver Slugger. You're four four time All Star with the Twins, and then you get traded to the Yankees. So, um, yeah, what what was uh, what was that like just to get traded to the Yankees? And and then what was what was your like initial thoughts when you first got traded to the Yankees? Um, yeah, I actually, uh, my agent. You know, we lost like we were losing bad like the last three or four seasons. And I couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I asked my agent to see if he could get me traded because I was in a multi-year deal uh, with the Twins at the time. So um, I could my agent could negotiate a deal for after I came to the Yankees uh, before. Because if you get traded in the middle of a multi-year contract, you can leave after your first year, that the team you're traded to, um, and go elsewhere. So they wanted to see if I wanted to stay after because they wouldn't trade it for me if I didn't. And I agreed to do, uh, that deal to stay um and man when i went to new york after i got uh, dra- um, after i got traded went to new york and went in the yankee stadium and it was just a different feel for me because i knew i was going to be a yankee because before it was like rough coming there as a twin you know you didn't know if you know if they were going to throw batteries at you or what you know or golf balls or what a golf ball hit behind me once when i was playing with the twins uh at yankee stadium i was like man what the hell i looked at umpire I said, you can, then they just took a golf ball at me. He goes, I don't know, what kind is it? Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to put it in my pocket. You know, the umpire picked it up and put it in his pocket. Oh, the Titleist or whatever. I'm like, Jesus, man, the hell. Um, but as the Yankee, it was much different. It was cool. Um, you know, it was big time there. Um, you know, if you could win in New York, you could, you know, you're at the top of the world, really. Um, there's nothing like winning in New York. Yeah. What? Yeah, well, how was it just winning the uh, the first World Series there, like '98, which is one of I, I'm pretty sure is always ranked as one of the best teams ever. Yeah, 
Yeah, it still is. I mean, I think we we were better in Seattle that I think in 2000 because we won 100, 125, I think 125 and mm-hmm. something like that. I think 125 or 117. I don't know whatever it was. Um, I can't think of it. 125 and 50 or something like that. Right. Um, after the playoffs and everything counted, but, um, yeah, 98, 98 was amazing, man. We, we won games that teams don't win. You know, we wore people down and won games late in the seventh, eighth and ninth inning. Um, but a funny story about 98, we had like some rain. We had like split double headers, like four or five split double headers in September and we'd already clinched or whatever. And, Tori came to me and Jeter and he said, okay, what game do you guys want to play? You want to play the first game, the, the day game or the night game this day? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, you guys can just, if you play the night game, you can just stay home the day game and chill and get there late to the stadium. I'm like, what? You know, playing, uh, I mean, it was weird. I remember sitting at home watching a game on TV and I had a game that night and watching us play. It was crazy because we he gave like the starters off one of those double head on those split double headers. Um, I think the whole time, like four or five times, we had split double headers and guys would have off the first game or the second game, whatever they wanted to play. So that's like a unique story about '98 for me. It was crazy. Like you're sitting at home watching your team play on TV, and you're like, "Man, I should be there right now," but but he didn't want us there. But yeah, cool thing. Yeah, how yeah, and how was it um just to play under Joe Torre? It was good. I mean, he he played the game and and I remember him telling me, man, I hit I know all the about how you feel hitting 220, 250, 260, 270, 280 and 330 when he won the MVP. Um so he kind of experienced it um unlike my other manager Tom Kelly, he just had a little cup of coffee at the big leagues. So, um Going to New York, that was a big difference. Everybody, all the coaches were former big league players. Um, and, you know, the amount of respect you gave them was high because they'd done what you've trying to do. So it was cool. Willie Randolph, you know, Chris Chambliss, Jose Cardinal, Lee Mazzilli, um, Mel Stoudemire, Don Zimmer, a legend, Don Zimmer, and then Tori. Um, so it was good. I mean, it was really good experience. Yeah, what about how many how many times have did you get to speak um Steinbrenner? One time face to face. I was once? in two thousand and you know, my elbow was hurting that year and uh so the papers they're writing like negative shit that Steinbrenner supposedly said. So he wanted to have a meeting with me. This is before we played Oakland, I think, the first game of the division series against Oakland. And he kicked out the clubhouse manager's office, kicked him out of the office and me and him went in there and it was face to face. And I was pissed because I was thinking he's talking shit about me, you know, saying that I wasn't hurt. And he said, you know, he sat down and he was fidgeting with the guy with stuff on the guy's desk. And I was like, man, it's bullshit. You know, you, you, you know, you're talking crap about me in the, in the papers. I said, you of all people, football players are tough guys. You know, you can't accuse them of being hurt if they're not hurt. And he goes, man, I didn't say any of that stuff. I don't know where it came from. I'm like, yeah, right, man, right. Um, So it was an interesting experience having him face-to-face with him. But he, I mean, he he got, like, I was gritty and nasty and dirty. 
and he loved that about me. So that was my one really face to face with him. That's crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. And then just like the whole, just playing with like all the great players you played with, like um, just what, what was that like? Just, you know, and again, winning like the three championships in a row. Um, well, I mean, everybody could have had ego, but it seemed like everybody checked in at the door when they walked in to play. You know, everybody was uh, trying to do one thing and that was win. So it was right right down my, you know, yeah. right down Broadway for me, man. That was what I was trying to do every game is win. So you had nine, ten, the whole team, you know, when you showed up every day, you're looking to win. And I think we proved we could win, really, in 98. Um, that was an unbelievable season. We talked about that. And uh, it just led into the other seasons, going to four World Series in a row. And we should have won in 2001, man. That would have been something. Yeah, that been yeah. Picture perfect after September 11th and all that. Yeah. Um, but we did. We played the worst we played at, in seven games stretch in the World Series that year. The worst seven games we, that we played on four years when I was there. And we still should have won that World Series. Yeah. We still have a chance. But I don't know. Were you born in 2001? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm 28. I was born in 92. <laughs> so I remember all those. Um, yeah, but what, what was um, just playing alongside Derek Jeter? Like, what was that like to, to just play with one of the greats? Good man. You know, he he had a good time out there, and he played hard. Um, it was good. We had a good relationship. Um, it was cool, real cool. Um, that's you, about still, it. you still talk to any of the guys now? No. Um, we had uh, in 2000, I can't believe it was two falls ago already. We had um, the 30 year, mm-hmm. our 20 year reunion of uh, the 98 team yeah. in New York, and they, they brought us up. So, I mean, that Jeter wasn't there. I think he was having issues with the Yankees at the time because he's the you know head of the Florida Marlins uh, or Miami Marlins, whatever they're called now. But um, uh, so I didn't get to see him in person, but uh, I talked to some guys. I mean, I talked to all the guys there at that, that reunion. That was cool. They did it right. The Yankees did it right for us. Um, but no, I don't really not, don't keep up with them too much, you know. Yeah. No, I meant like anybody in general. Who? No, On the like any of your for- no, no, yeah, any of your former teammates. Um, well, AJ Hinch is my only real friend from baseball. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Um, yeah. What about like what? What advice would you give to a, a young baseball player trying to make a professional league? Um, man, work hard, play hard, man. You got to do that. You got to do both of those: work hard and play hard. And you know, don't let anybody ever tell you you can't do something. There's a lot of these high school kids that I coach now in the summer and the fall and they're short, they're like, like five, eight or whatever, like me. And they're like, man, I am going to make it. I said, yeah, you are. Look at me, man. Baseball, you don't have to be tall or big for baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, look at Jose Altuve, Altuve is five, five or five, six. Mm-hmm. And he's the MVP of the league a couple of years ago. So don't let anybody ever tell you, you can't do something when you can put your mind to something. You're going to accomplish good things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, are you ready for some fun questions? Or are you going to go from average to savage? Uh, average to savage? Yeah. All right. 
why'd you wear number 11? That's the number they gave me in Minnesota. When I went up for that in 1990, I went up when the lockout ended, I went up from or, uh, Fort Myers to Orlando to Big League Camp. I thought I was going to be like number 90 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I go and I have number 11 uh, twin uniform hanging in my locker. I was like, cool. So I stuck with that. I don't know why. I was number six my whole life. I think Steve Garvey, I liked Steve Garvey back then, I number six when he wore it for the Dodgers. Um, but in college, I was number nine. I went to A&M, and there was a senior that year that had number six, so I had to turn it upside down. I was number nine in college. And then in the pro, the minor leagues, I was number three in Kenosha, Wisconsin, at A-ball my first summer. Like I said, then that next year in big league camp, I was number 11. I was like, cool. So I stuck with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey, whatever they give you was better. Hey, 11 was better than 90. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm taking 92, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, but at least I got a good number. Yeah. What about, um, who, who do you think the best player in the MLB is right now? Oh man. That's a tough one. I mean, Mike Trout would be easy to say, you know, yeah. Um, but, ah, man, there's a lot of good guys, man. Being in Houston, you know, I love the Astros and Springer, you know, Springer's going to get a bunch of money this off season, free you know where, agent. You know where Springer's from, right? Yeah. Connecticut. Yep. Or Boston or whatever, right? Yeah, Connecticut, not, right? No, he's from Connecticut. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Cause I'm from Connecticut. That's how I was saying that. Yeah. Um, actually George Springer, I saw him, uh, play, Indiana and um, uh, Corpus Christi. There was a tournament, like a college tournament. My nephew was playing in it, and Springer played center field in college. And I remember him in college from that game. They played Indiana. My my nephew went to Indiana, and uh, I remember him then. You know, hitting the ball, and you could just tell. You could tell big league guys in college. You know, I could anyway. That he was going to be good, but. Back to the best guy, man. I don't know. That's hard to say. So many guys are putting up crazy numbers now. Um, okay, well, how about this question? Because a lot of people now, since Mookie Betts won a second World Series, they're saying, like, he's the best baseball player. But I, I think Mike Trout. Yeah, Mike Trout, man, he's a stud. He's he's impressive, man. Being He's still young, too, I think. Yeah. Is, he, is he even 30 yet? No, he's, 20, he's 29. Yeah, and he's got like probably nine, ten years in probably already. Yeah, um, he's the Ken Griffey Jr. of this age right now. Ken Griffey coming up when he was like nineteen, and you know going off or whatever. But Trout, he's a beast, man. Yeah, big dude. Yeah, for sure. What about what? What's your favorite uh, song right now? Oh man, <laughs> I love Juice World. Um, All right. <laughs> Yeah, I think he got killed though, didn't he? I think he got killed yeah. in Texas, didn't he? Die, Juice yeah. World. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's got some good stuff, man. Yeah. Tupac too. Tupac, he's a man. I met Tupac uh, in '96 when I was with Minnesota. I think it was '96 or '97, maybe. But anyway, it was a week before he got killed. And we were at uh, in a club, like we played Anaheim. And then after the game, me and a couple guys went up to LA to go out on the strip. Um, I can't remember the club now, 
but we were like VIP areas upstairs and he comes walking up. I was like, Oh shit, man, Tupac, somebody's going to get shot. I was joking around with my buddies and he walked past us and sat down at a corner booth, like down to the right from us. And then he got up at some point and he was coming over to the man. He's coming over here to talk to us. And he sat down and he was cool as hell, man. Tupac said, I'm Tupac Shakur or whatever. <laughs> and I'm Chuck Knobloch and Pat Mears and Dave Hollins were like, and he was cool, man. Nothing like I would think, you know, yeah. uh, really cool guy. And then like literally a week later, he got killed, shot in Vegas. Yeah. Nuts, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what about what, yeah, what about any crazy road trip stories? Uh, not really. Not any I can say on here. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'll say, hey, I'll take that. I'll, yeah. I'll think about it. All right. What about um, what was your favorite World Series one out of your four? Ooh, I think '98, just because the the team we had, uh, it was amazing. We, I mean, like I said, we won games late, like seventh, eighth, ninth inning. It seemed like we were never out of it, never dying. Um, but I mean, 91 was great. You know, my rookie year, rookie of the year, like you said, um, couldn't have wrote it any better, wrote a script any better, winning the World Series and being rookie of the year my first year in the big leagues. But 98, I knew more about it. You know, I knew how hard it was to get there after 91. I thought when we ended the season in 91, I said, all right, man, I'm playing with all these guys for a while. They started releasing guys right after the World Series. Um, But I'd say 98. You know, 98 takes the cake. You know, first year in New York and winning it, um, you know, it was good. It was awesome. All right, so I got to ask then, the 2020 Dodgers team versus the 98 Yankees team, who's winning seven games? Oh, we win it, hands down. No doubt. Sweep. A sweep? What's that? Would it be a sweep? Maybe. We swept everybody in New York. I think I had a record for a while because we won – I think I think the record was I don't know fourteen straight or something like that, and I won sixteen straight because we swept ninety eight, nine ninety two, no, not not two thousand. So maybe it was because we won the last two games in Minnesota, game six and seven, and then we won four. We swept ninety eight, ninety nine. So I had ten in a row. I think that might have been a record at the time. I don't know if it still is or not, but ten World Series wins in a row. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll pick ninety-eight. Uh, what about last one? Uh, what's something people don't know about you? Um, that I'm down to earth, man. My feet never left the ground, and I'm the same guy. Well, I'm not the same guy. I'm a better person now than when I was a kid, but because um, I was nasty, man. I I hated everybody I played with and played against. You know why? Uh, I just had that drive, man. I was like had blinders on. I was going to the big leagues, man. If you're going to come, come, but not get away from me, you know, yeah. that type of thing. But I think I'm a down to earth person. What about um, like, what are, like, what do you do now? Like what's like hobbies? And I know you said you were coaching and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I coach these guys. I mean, they're different every year, but um, you get to know them and it's, it's cool. Um, I didn't, when I, before I started coaching, I was thinking, why would these kids listen to me? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I, what do I have to tell them? But, and they always get on me because I don't really say anything. You know, after the games, the man, the coach, head coach will be like, you got anything to say, Chuck? I'm like, no, I got nothing to say. You know, so it was, it was funny this summer and this fall, the fall we had a good team. My, my buddy that has this organization down here, um, 
called AB Baseball. Uh, he put together that he took the best guys on in the fall, and we had a scout team. They call it, and uh, we went to Atlanta to play in a big tournament, like perfect game tournament, um, uh, which is your hat's PG. It's cool, it's like perfect game in Paul Garino. Uh, but uh, this one kid came up to me and said, why are you always sitting in the corner and you don't say much? You don't say nothing to nobody. I said, well, I'm talking to you right now, right? You know? Uh, but, I, I mean, I have to get passionate about some players, you know, and I'll tell them things, little things that I like to do or, like, little tips for them that they don't think about. You know, like, I coach first base because I like to put tell them when to steal because I can pick up the way the pitchers, like, come to the set or if their feet are spread a little bit, they're going to sidestep. If they're, if they're close together, they're going to, he's going to pick up his leg and go and steal. So I have fun doing that. Um, so I'm around the kids. So it feels, makes me feel like I'm young uh, being around these 17-year-olds. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's really what I do. I mean, do, you want, coach, do you want to coach, like, college or pros? Um. No, if I don't, if I'm not coaching the big leagues now with AJ Hinch, now I'm taking a new job in Detroit. He was here in Houston for four years. Um, if he couldn't get me a job, I don't mind. I don't want it, you know. And I don't. I'm too old to go back to the minor leagues, you know, and ride the buses, <laughs> you know. But yeah, so I guess I didn't want the coach until too late, maybe. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and um, I know I I don't even know you're not active on social media like that anymore, but. Uh, uh, just let the people know where I don't know they could find you or anything. <laughs> Instagram All right. at Edward C Eleven. There you go. Yeah, what happened? Yeah. I, I know you used to be on Twitter a lot. Yeah, I used to be on Twitter a lot. I I you know have little drinks at night and get crazy <laughs> on Twitter, so I think I burned my Twitter up. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad I'm not on Twitter as much anymore. But I still check it every now and again, yeah. like very random. Um, All right, well, when I when I post it, you got to retweet it so the people see it. All right, I will. What is your at Paul Greener or at PG Sports or what? Yeah, oh, it'll be Average Savage, but yeah, you'll see it. Average Savage, yeah. Yeah, again, appreciate it. And uh, yeah, appreciate you uh, wearing my gear that long ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, I still have one of the original shirts. You gave me a white shirt with. Oh, yeah, I got to send you some new stuff. Like that, blue. That one's trash <laughs> at this point now. Well, you might have to send me some new stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got you. All right. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 